spine and sprocket. The book to read is not the one that thinks for you, but the one which makes you think. A classic is a book that is never finished saying what it has to say. No two persons ever read the same book. That is part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong. First, they saw the bones, human bones, littering the thwarts and floorboards, as if the whale boat were the seagoing lair of a ferocious, man-eating beast. Then they saw the two men. They were curled up in opposite ends of the boat, their skin covered with sores, their eyes bulging from the hollows of their skulls, their beards caked with salt and blood, and they were sucking the marrow from the bones of one of their dead shipmates. Instead of greeting their rescuers with smiles of relief, the survivors, too delirious with thirst and hunger to speak, were disturbed, even frightened. They jealously clutched at the splintered and gnawed-over bones with a desperate, almost feral intensity, refusing to give them up, like two starving dogs found trapped in a pit. And that was from the preface of tonight's book selection, In the Heart of the Sea, by Nathaniel Philbrick. And this is Spine and Sprocket, and I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. I'm Mike. And here we are. Once again. The one and only podcast that makes fun of cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not planning on making fun of it tonight. Are you, Mike? Well, hopefully it'll be the most fun podcast about cannibalism. Yeah. 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 Probably. Fun Probably. I just want to have some. Well, actually, have some fun. How many podcasts are there about cannibalism? <laughs> Why? You know, there are more than we think. Probably. <laughs> I'm but if there isn't, you know, right now. it's a very select audience. We might, uh, we might think about starting one. <laughs> all the other, uh, all but, the other topics are taken, no. but cannibalism's still open. <laughs> now, is it a stereotype for me to assume that the people interested in the topic in the listening audience would be in third world countries and they wouldn't have the technology to listen to podcasts? Or, <laughs> or is that a little stereotypical? That is stereotypical, okay. and that's typical of you, yeah. Mr. Stereo. It just helps me think clearly yeah. about things <laughs> in the world. There's no black and white. No. I mean, sorry, there's no shades of gray. You're right. It's all oh. black and white. Yeah, okay. I'm just a green. It's easy now. I'm just a green because I don't know what you're talking about. Stereotyping. Oh. Mike, do you know well, what I'm talking about? Well, the shades of gray thing. Yeah, that makes things. <laughs> no, not Fifty Shades. No, ladies. Ladies, go back to the kitchen and let your husband listen to the yeah. show. Go this sit on the dryer. about Fifty Shades of Gray. Go sit on the dryer on the spins. Not be just okay. from the book. Yeah. No, no, I'm not stereotyping <laughs> women. All right, all right. I'm, am I stereotyping women by saying it back to the kitchen? No. It, it's just, it helps me think clearly about things <laughs> in the world. <laughs> women you can are say like, whatever you want. Women are like this. Clearly. Men are like this. Yeah. See? It's a so truism. There's no it's confusion. not stereotype. It's, right. It's truth. Women have a higher body fat percentage than men. See? Wish well, there had been some probably on the... On the ship, the Essex. You, you, need, you needed some body fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, good job. What I was saying is they, they would then outlast us. 
Oh, they would. Uh-huh. They'd be. Yeah. Yeah, we'd be the yeah, first wait, to go. Then I would we'd out, be the first to go. I would outlast both of you. Well, <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> I was thinking about Jeff's email, you know, when he said that uh, he, uh, he was going to, we would have to draw lots. But I was thinking you and I just, I'll just wait long <laughs> just enough wait. and Jeff will be we'll, available. We'll draw tomorrow, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, we'll the, draw tomorrow. We'll draw yeah. the lots tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. We're sure we can make it one more day. And by available, I mean... Wait oh, a minute, though. It. I'm really hungry. <laughs> Wait, I am <laughs> really hungry. And I seriously thought we weren't going to make too much fun of cannibalism on this show. Yeah. And look at us already. There goes that. Well, we digress. We do. Thanks for trying to bring it back around, Jeff. <laughs> it didn't last long. No. So this was a good book. This was Dave's selection, I, In the Heart of the Sea. And I a got really it recommended yeah. from the librarian at school, came up. Really? So, okay. Dude, if you ever want a good book, you better grab this one. Is she a cannibal? History. No. <laughs> and it's a he. Oh, it's a he. Yeah, I okay. think clearly about these things. All right. <laughs> so that's good. And this was a big, I don't know if this was a bestseller, but it was well, uh, won the National is, Book Award. Yep, National Book Award. I didn't research it, but it should have been a bestseller. Yeah, it's been out for quite a while. 2000? Came out in 2000, yeah. yeah. Oh, that long ago. Okay. Well, yeah, because yeah. they made a movie. And this is the true story, the factual story of the whale ship Essex, which was a whale ship. Was a whale ship out of Nantucket in about the year 1820. And I'm not going to think of my dirty limericks about no, Nantucket. No, please don't. Yeah. No. And uh, so this particular whale ship had the unfortunate experience of uh, encountering a whale up close and personal. A l- so Yeah, a little... Too close, yeah. And personal, and this is just overall. What what did you think of this book? This is a history book. I'm I'm saying outstanding. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a really good book. I missed the whole first week of the Olympics because Dave sent the email out on Saturday. <laughs> I got the book on Sunday at the library and couldn't put it down. Wow, yeah, it was very engrossing and engaging. So for I, something that was, uh, it's and it's not a big no, book. it's not. It's not that long. Yeah, no, it's really yeah. readable. Two hundred. 38 pages, mm. not including the notes. Oh, right. There's lots uh, of notes. Did anyone read the notes? I'm wondering. Read some of them, not all of them, no. Yeah, yeah, I read a few and then got the flavor of all the research he had done. So, yeah, yeah 238, 238 pages with a nice picture of a whale on the last page. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. In my version. Mm-hmm. And f- so 40 pages of notes and then about an, a very extensive bibliography. And He uh, did a lot of research on yeah. Other topics, right? The and starvation and the just, the, yeah. just the way whaling itself, itself is so interesting. So yeah, and supposedly it is this incident that at least partially inspired Herman Melville to write Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we'll see in the movie version, that was that comes out a little more in the movie version yes, than it, it does did. in this version. It really doesn't come up in this version at all, but because this is a history history book it really doesn't mention melville much in it but how does the book go it's kind of it it it, it opens with a nice you know setting i thought the scene of nantucket and this whaling community introducing the characters and their their past involvement with fishing and whaling Mm -hmm. right and so you're getting a good taste about how uh what was there stuff about how the british used to be whaling now the people from this island are Taking over all that area, becoming the biggest um, economic right piece yeah. of of the co- was well was it still colony? 
colonies by 1820. Well, yes, earlier. Earlier. Right. By, yeah. Like, for example, by 1760, the Nantucketers had practically wiped out the local whale population. But no matter, by that point, they'd enlarged their whaling sloops and equipped them with brick triworks capable of processing the oil on the open sea. And now, since it would not need, you know, there you yeah. go. Yeah. There's a good sense of history there. Yeah. They used to drag the whale back to shore when they, I guess that's. In the very early did, days? Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, uh, yeah, right. Then, yeah. They turned these ships into factories. Yeah. That's yeah, they, amazing. They outstripped their whaling rivals on the mainland of Long Island, oh, and the mainland and Long Island. And then in a speech before Parliament, the British statesman Edmund Burke said they, the, the island's inhabitants were the new leaders of a new American breed, a recent people whose success in whaling had exceeded the collective might of all of Europe. Hmm. That's yeah. Right. Pretty spectacular. I got turned right to that page. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is pretty spectacular because I don't hear that much about whaling or about Nantucket. So this was uh, one thing I liked about this book is it taught me a lot about that kind of stuff. So I had not known that we were such a leader in whaling and that yeah. Nantucket in particular was head and shoulders above any other place that uh, ported whaling ships. Was there a ships. street lamp lit by whale oil? I uh-huh. mean, it, it, it was... I yeah. think so, yeah. yeah. In the epilogue, he talked yeah. about that, too. Yeah. I've never experienced whale oil. No, I but, haven't either. I haven't but either. It, it, it's, and it's hard for me to believe that a place like Nantucket could put enough ships out and that they could harvest enough whale oil to power lamps all over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems it's, crazy. I mean, that it's just not, seems crazy. It's yeah. not that big, is yeah. it? Yeah. It doesn't seem like. Well, and, I haven't and, been there. And the author, Nathaniel... I call, can, should we call him Nate? You call him Nate. Nate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. He told me we can call him Nate <laughs> on the show. He mentions in the book, uh, at the height of Nantucket whaling, how many whales they killed in a year, which was something like... Two. Oh, yeah. And they supplied all that oil from yeah, just two whales. Two, two very big whales. <laughs> <laughs> it was like what, Jeff? I think 6,500, 6,700 whales or something wow. like that in a year. And yet, in the early ni- like 1960s, he said the... The modern modern whalers in Japan mm-hmm. and out of were killing many, 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 many more yeah, thousands, scores of thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, I, I don't know. I guess a little whale oil goes a long way. Never tried it. Well, do the modern whalers? They don't care about the oil, do they? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know why they not. why they kill whales anymore. Well, yeah, I don't know either, but just to be jerks <laughs> for their medicinal. Yeah, they hate magical. Yeah. <laughs> They do hate Greenpeace. <laughs> I think they, yeah. No, I've seen that on TV, you know. Well, Greenpeace hates them anyway. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it goes both ways. But yeah, I, I guess they must do it for the meat now. I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I, I really don't. I, I don't know, know why. We'll have, to, oil we'll have to look it up. But this does a very good job of explaining about the people of Nantucket and the, the Quakers. They were mm-hmm. mostly Quakers oh, yeah. and yeah, that's right. just kind of the society that they had built on the island there mm-hmm. of Quakers and of Nantucketers. They were very proud of their local heritage and their connection to the Nantucket Island. Yeah, very proud. Now, now when Laura watched the film with me, at least parts of it, she asked about the Quakers that were at the end, they were praying. I won't overlap that too much right now, but uh, she was saying, were they against the whaling or were they for it? You, now, what did you get from the book? I didn't. I oh, they were. They were for it. Very much for it. Yeah, very right? much for it. Yeah, yeah they were pacifists, yeah. but not animal rights people. No. So right. Yeah, they were praying for blessings, not um, you know, against the trades. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, there wouldn't be any animal rights people in no. the 18th. I mean, <laughs> no, the not... animals were there for you to use, yes. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's a I mean, it's not like they wasted Genesis, animals. Yeah. They didn't torture them. Or, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, it, it couldn't have been pleasant to be put to death Whale by torture. Harpoon, but <laughs> but I mean, their their intention was to use them, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, kind of like the natives with the bison. Right. And, you know, and I don't know that I, you know, for for me, this is kind of a sensitive subject because my my best uh, friends have been whales. Yes, my <laughs> uncle was a whale. No, I, I just like animals, and so to see animals used for this is hard for me. But and I don't know. Uh, Nate does mention in a couple of parts where they are killing the whales that they have a certain respect for the animals mm-hmm. and. They know that they're killing them for this very important reason. Lighting lamps. I guess that's an important reason. Well, and so they I mean, have a they have a respect. Yeah. I mean, it's how they put food on their table. You know, selling yes. oil, oil. So it's it's their yeah their right. livelihood. So right, and this is a very big livelihood for the people of Nantucket. Big because it's whales. Yeah, because they're big. Because they're big physically. Because they're large. <laughs> Well, I like the way he did, you're right, the life of the people here. You get a really good sense of their, what's the word I'm looking for, where they accepted the fate of the the, the, the dangers of whaling, right? Yes, they did. They accept that, they, they learn to deal with that, live with that. Um, the streets are named, you know, it, it's, again, it says here on the page I'm looking at, they wouldn't use the official street names that were assigned for tax purposes. They spoke of... Elisha Bunker Street or Captain Mitchell Street. I mean, you know, that's where you're talking about the the family heritage yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. That became just the whole society. And Yeah, and this particular story, of course, is about one whaling ship, especially, which was the Essex. And the, the uh, Nate spent some time talking about how, you know, how big the ship is and how they got crew together. And I was surprised about this, that... Uh, Kind of everybody on Nantucket had the itch to get to whaling, it seemed like, mm-hmm. at some mm-hmm. one point or another. And <clears throat> yeah. A lot of the young kids would just think, oh, yeah, let's go do something exciting. Let's go whaling. Yeah. Oh, and are kids like that today? Mm, I don't know. You probably want to put some of your students on a whaling vessel and send them out once in a while, don't you? <laughs> on a three-year voyage. Yeah. <laughs> Only last year's kids. Oh, just kidding, last year's yeah. kids that are listening. Yeah. <laughs> But the eagerness with which uh, people would sign up for these, and there was no, none of this, you know, they didn't Shanghai people and or anything like that. I mean, there were some experienced whalers, but a good number of the crew were, were green, and there was no training. They would get on the ship, and off they'd go, and it was like training well, the, that true? on yeah. the spot. The Essex was a smaller ship, not as prestigious either, right? So Correct. They, they, yeah. they yes. maybe had more green... People then. Oh, maybe that's oh, why. The bigger, yeah. ships, than the bigger ships, yeah. And it was rebuilt or something a little bit, or had just been refurbished, I think. Yeah, it wasn't it was a particularly voyage. new ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it wasn't new. It didn't have the capacity of some of the bigger ones, yeah. barrel wise. And they had uh, a copper hull, copper clad hull, which I'd not heard of before. Hmm. They would actually take the ship up and nail copper onto it. He had a lot of good details about boating and sailing. Yeah. You know, it's really fascinating. For a book that was not really dense, yeah, because there's just, good si- good size margins, there aren't, you know, it, it's not like there's yeah. a two-point font on this. It sure covered a lot. It covered a lot, yeah. yeah. He just did a lot of, re- he did a lot of research, and it shows, 
you know, yeah. in, in the, in the yeah. book. And he doesn't waste any time getting it into the book. Yeah, even here I'll, I'll revisit this sense of fate that they had. But um, the, the woman, the Nantucket Girl song, you know, and he talked about the gravestones too. He used quotes from the gravestones in the book. And then, I'll haste to what a sailor and send him off to sea for a life of independence is the pleasant life for me. For every now and then I shall like to see his face, for it's always seemed to me to beam with manly grace. With his brow so nobly open and his dark and kindly eye, oh, my heart beats fondly towards him whene'er he is nigh. But when he says goodbye, my love, I'm off across the sea. First I cry for his departure, then I laugh because I am free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was interesting, yeah, about the women. The women who would mar- marry these whalers, and the whalers would go off two, two years, yeah, three. three years. Yeah. And the women would be uh Yeah, they really were happy. independent, yeah. They were happy own. about it. Yeah, they developed their own culture around yeah. this. It seems like I mean, I guess there must have been men in government or whatever, but it seems like the women must have been playing a big part in even if it was just in the background of everything yes. that went on. Of running yes. the society and yeah. certainly raising yeah. the families and single parent. But can you imagine kissing your wife and then going away for two or three years? No. You gotta really kiss her. <laughs> you gotta kiss her. Like crazy. You might do a little more than that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and a handshake. <laughs> so then does he introduce us to the crew? Right? As he goes along. Yeah. Captain George Pollard, Junior. Oh Junior, yeah. First I was mate senior. Owen Chase. Mm-hmm. Second mate Matthew Joy. And a bunch more. Others, a cast of others. So there's like 25, no, something like that, 21. 20, 21 sailors yeah. on the ship. Because each whaling, there was three whaling uh-huh. ships that went out, six uh, each, and then three were going to be back on the boat. The whale boats, yeah. right. Yeah. But then they had the guy desert. So when the three ships were out, remember the guy deserted in South America somewhere? Oh, oh right. that's right, yeah. he took off. Yeah, so then they only had 20. So then when the three ships were out, there was only two people on the big boat. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get rammed by a whale with only two people on the boat. It's hard to know what to do. <laughs> spoiler alert. It yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Whale coming. <laughs> so off they go with their 21 people and, and a captain who was fairly new. This was his first captain ship, but yeah. he'd been whaling before. That's right. He'd, yeah, he'd been on whaling. He'd been whaling say. before, and the first mate had been whaling before, and you know there was it was the officers they were an experienced s- crew. Yes, and they had some experience on the boat, but were it's a ship. Shit! Oh, I'm, <laughs> pardon me, Captain. <laughs> no. The, <Arr. laughs> the uh, well, then what's a boat? A it's smaller a, ship. Yeah. And what's a freighter? Huge. It's a ship. <laughs> Big. A freighter is a ship. Um, okay, the um, role of minorities, African Americans, were aboard. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he did talk about the Wampanoag Indians, the local yeah. tribes that used to help a lot, but weren't they relegated more now to a different they position? Didn't or hardly someone? even live there anymore, right? Yeah, I, I think mean, a few were like I, they were mentioned being close by, but yeah, okay, that they did. African Americans were then brought on board um, also, where they, and I think they were inexperienced. But it didn't seem like race had any it didn't matter you're, you're on the boat until the end well until the end that was yeah i thought yes no more spoiler alerts <laughs> sorry but i found that so interesting because they really didn't talk about race at all and there no. were how many four probably 
four or five, five ask yeah. African Americans. Right. And the only um, discrimination there was the officers who ate aft, the aft of the ship, and then everybody uh, before the mast, as they said, everybody in front. Four, yeah. Who were the the sailors? But yeah, there was no mention of any sort of discrimination right. at all. They were all sort of equal. It was which the, I thought was the, great. The officers ate better. Yes, it was class. Yeah, men, better food. The crew, but it didn't matter if you're black or white or Indian or whatever. You, you, right. You didn't. You crew, didn't. You ate the same. But crew you didn't was eat as the well. crew. Yeah. 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 But they probably had seafood every night. Don't you think? All <laughs> yeah, you could eat seafood. I seafood and I eat it. Yeah. Turtles. Yeah. Well, how do you stock a ship with all that stuff, too? Well, that oh, that was that was amazing to me how they would load the ship up and uh, and still leave room for three thousand barrels of oil, which yeah, they hope to I, I assume you're gather eating as the they food were. and replacing it with oil. Oh, in the same barrel? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, well, no, I didn't mean the same barrel in the space of the ship, but maybe it was in the barrel. But I mean, how would you, you know, yeah. the hardtack? Yeah. God. We're, okay, yeah. we're gonna let's bake enough bread for three years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Crates and crates and crates of hardtack, and and barrels and barrels and barrels of fresh water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now right. can't so can't can't you boil the ocean water? You can, but it's still salty. Okay, it doesn't boil off the salt. No, you'd have no, to but distill you'd be left it with the salt in the bowl if and it evaporated away. The, yeah. yeah, you'd have to distill okay. it. Okay, yeah, distill it. Yeah, that would take a long time. It does. Okay. Well, see, I wouldn't be much help lost at sea, would I? No. And <laughs> you, guys, take... you, guys, you guys don't want me in your little raft. No. no. <laughs> We'd put you in your own boat. Dave, we're giving you your own boat. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and here's a map. Yeah. It's going that way. Go that way. And there's nice diagrams of the ships in, in the yeah. book. Yeah. It was, yeah, really interesting stuff. And off they go. And, you know, I, I'm not a great lover of adventure. I'm not a great lover of the open ocean. I find it a little frightening. I think ever since I was a wee lad and saw Swiss Family Robinson on the big screen oh, by Walt movie. Disney, which has got a terrific storm in the opening scene mm. and the ship being tossed about. The tiny ship was tossed. You know, if not for the courage of that fearless crew. No, Swiss Family Robinson <laughs> would have been lost. They would have been lost, and they were. <laughs> But, you know, terrifying, terrifying. And here these guys oh, yeah. get on these ships yeah. and they're like, three years, no, we'll be out. Okay, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, not a water, I'm not a water guy. We did McGregor no, I... Bay for vacation. Beautiful. Rocky little islands, hundreds of little islands. I like rocky better than sand. I hate to, I'm not a beach guy. Yeah. But even kayaking around, it's okay. But I'm out there and the waves and it's, you know, it's a yeah. lake and... I'm sure I'm not going to die, but... You're pretty uh, sure anyway. Thought pretty I, sure, I thought yeah. I might anyway. Reasonably certain. <laughs> and the kids are out. I'm like, stay close to the shore, kids. But, you know, watching the sunsets, McGregor Bay, Laura and I in two kayaks. Mm. I talk about picture, yeah. perfect vacation. Do you have any pictures? Uh, I do, but we oh, don't okay. have them all set up yet, so I'll oh, share okay. them with you later. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the water. It's just I'm not a thing. But I do love the whole whaling thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, very, very, very well described. Yeah, Moby Dick and 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 the ship, which is not a very big ship, and then they have three whaling boats that they get into, and they go off and they chase whales. Well, they had, they start with four, a spare one. Oh, right, All one crushed in the storm. Right? Yeah, they got they got <clears throat> they got off to a rocky start. They got off to but, a bad start. Yeah, and, and you know you could kind of feel that the way he wrote it. This thing didn't start off well. No, and it 
keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And you so just when you look just at the when map you think, and you see how close they were to Nantucket when that storm took place. Oh yeah. Oh, how in the world did they not go back and get refitted? Yeah, I would have gone. Home. It was just like stupid pride, you know. Yeah, I'm not going back until I'm. Oh my yeah, home. they're not down like. Yeah, look oh. at look at that. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, they, they were, just, they were go. just a couple of days out. Yeah. Yeah. And they start off from Nantucket, and they don't even really seem to have a plan to catch whales until they get to the Pacific. And the only way to the Pacific is all the way down the coast of South America mm-hmm. and around the Horn and then back up, halfway back up. Yeah, and, and I'm like, why the heck don't they go through the Panama Canal? Yeah, or take yeah. a... Take they a, were so silly. Or fly. They could take, fly, fly to, to the coast. Cabo San Lucas, stay for a couple of days Rent there. Rent a giant, not a boat, but a ship. Or a catamaran. I think the Tur- the Turks, when they invaded Constantinople, they just carried their boats across the, the land. Yeah, yeah. Moved them right across. Yeah, what was that? I'm just What was a that God. battle with the elephants in the Alps? No. Hannibal. Yeah, I heard they carried the elephants over the Alps, too. They did. <laughs> and, the, and the elephants were carrying the boats. <laughs> Sounds like it looks like a Dr. Seuss drawing. <laughs> yeah. The Turks carried their boats? No, he's across, no, they did. Oh, boats, not ships. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there's the difference. You can't each carry guy, a ship. Each guy carried a canoe on his. So what's yeah. the difference between a boat and a ship? No, they had, you can they, carry a they boat. They made these logs and they they pushed them. You know, they dragged them and pushed yeah, them and then over these like logs a, across this few miles of land that they had. To cross. Was this right at the start of the the fall of the Turkish Empire? Because that just seems like the really Byzantine a lot of Empire, work. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the spring. <laughs> late, late spring. Maybe the, the late, late spring. Yeah, just before daylight saving, they went. So there, there they went. No, there were no more whales left in the Atlantic, right? Didn't they kill them all? Maybe that was, that was it. Yeah, maybe that was that, it. But, they used yeah. to just go right offshore, grab a whale, bring it yes. back. Yeah. Now they have to go further and further and further away because they, they were so successful. Yeah, <laughs> in their harvesting. Wow. So, so off they went. Yeah. Down south, around, around the Horn, and that that alone, that would freak me out. I'd be getting off there because yeah. I remember reading stuff about going around the Horn, where ships would take, they'd go two or three weeks, and they would make no progress, at all. Really? Yeah. So they'd turn back because of the winds. Yeah. The westerlies, I yeah. think, are down there. If I remember correctly from my days in the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see your tattoo. <laughs> You, oh, it's down there. <laughs> oh. I was going to ask Mike to leave Jeff, so we could have a moment. I don't need to see that any more of that. Where's the other end of the submarine? Oh, don't show me. <laughs> so, Periscope really? up. Yeah. Weeks around there. It's a great map, too, of the journey. Yeah, I thought about Shackleton's voyage too, though. Which Didn't he mention that? Shackleton in there? He did mention Shackleton, I, yeah. and I don't know anything about Shackleton. What oh, was that, Mike? He was the guy that took a in the early 1900s went to discover the South Pole or to explore okay. South Pole. Got shipwrecked. Took a small group. Went and got help in South America. Came back and saved everybody. Yes, he did. Ah, everybody got that. saved. Yeah, that was Shackleton. I was thinking of Captain Scott. Wasn't there a? Scott. That. It's the North. Carson Perry Scott. 
he was up in the Antarctic. I was thinking, of, I get most of my history from the Moody Blues, and there's that song, <laughs> oh, Captain yeah. Scott, you are so bold, and you're looking rather cold, <laughs> out there in the snow, oh, snow. I think. Da, 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 what did you da, 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 find there? Did you stand a while and stare? <laughs> Hey, you get your history from books. Definitely, I like the Moody Blues, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, he did mention, and I, you know, I will say one, I will say another thing. I'll say more than one thing about this book. <laughs> but as I read through, if I have any criticism of his book, it's I wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every single paragraph, like Mike just mentioned, Shackleton. I thought I really don't know anything about Shackleton. I want to know more about that. Mm, yeah. I want to know more about the whaling. I want to know more about the ships. I want to know more. Yeah. I, I just wanted to know more well, and more and more as we went along. If you want to know more about the whaling, read Moby Dick. Okay. Which I read. That'll cure you. And it alternated bizarrely. Mike, right, you haven't read it yet? No, I haven't read it. I was thinking about reading we, it. We still can for book. the show. Yeah. Uh, we know. We like to delve into the classics because we're those that kind of guy. Uh, yeah. But it basically seemed to alternate between... A chapter about the crew and the story, and then a chapter about whaling. Okay. And yeah. then the crew. And then yeah. whaling. I mean, it covered everything about whaling. And I got my brother-in-law. He was trying to get into the classics also, you know. And I said, well, try Moby Dick. I finished it. It was pretty good. And he's quit. Mm. Yeah. He quit. He, he like, quit. What's the deal with this? I said, well, it seemed odd to me, a book that would alternate to so much about whaling. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's all in there. You know, really, really, it's very interesting organization of it, and I never studied it in college. Did you guys? No, Moby Dick. Yes. What did they say about its organization? You think I remember that? Well, yeah, because it's so <laughs> you weird. You would think so. <laughs> it was forty years ago. I, I read was the like whole yesterday. thing. You did too, right? Yeah. It did. Well, I don't you know. Like I it, may though, not. Right? I don't remember liking it. No. Yeah. Okay. I was I remember about finding it, though, it difficult from this, from this reading this book. Maybe wanna. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Maybe give it a try. Yeah. We'll keep it on the table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're off on their voyages to the Galapagos. They stop at the Galapagos, they kill turtle. And they Which, capture turtles. And they capture turtles. Oh, bring and them I live found, on the ship, yeah. I thought this was amazing. They capture tur- turtles, like 80 turtles, huge turtles. Huge. And then they bring them aboard the ship live yep. and uh-huh. put them in the hold. They just stack them up. Because they can like, live forever. Because they, like they live year. for a year. They're, no just, they're just sitting there. No food. Just sitting there, stacked up. They can't move. That's horrible. It's like putting meat in a refrigerator. Yeah, broke my it just heart. Lasts Except for the a meat's year. dead. And the no, but this meat's alive. alive. Yeah, <laughs> this I don't know how alive. they do it. They yeah. last for so long. Yeah, it's amazing. Broke my heart. Oh, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I imagine running up to the stacks of turtles and like pushing them over and laughing. <laughs> There's something wrong with me. Playing leapfrog on them. But, but you know, I like the scene when they were um, having the race, and the one guy kid was on the turtle, and the one kid was on the ostrich, and the other one was on the other animal, and they were racing around. Oh, yeah. The oh. gazelle? What book were you yeah. reading? Oh, wait. That was the movie Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. I got confused. Okay. There is something wrong with you. Yeah, I didn't like that part. And then they... Did they speak to... How did they figure out they needed to go out into the middle of the Pacific? Because normally they wouldn't have gone that far out into the ocean, the middle of the ocean. Oh, they encountered the people on the island that mentioned this further away Oh, the skipper and Marianne and the ginger? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right? Someone told them. I'm I'm a little confused about the movie now. 
Because in the movie, it's clear how they, they find out. Yes, but that part wasn't exactly in the book. No, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, I, wasn't I think sure it was the natives been... that said it in okay. the novel. Yeah. I'll see if I can skim through and find it. Okay. Yeah. But I did want to mention this one part while we're talking. Um, writing. How did you find his writing style? I often try and look for like cool phrases and mention them. Or, well, I thought it was um, not romantic or anything. Just very straightforward, factual. And I appreciated that. I mean, what he was writing about was so interesting and engaging that he didn't need to turn it into a, a you know, the great American novel. Literary, yeah. right, yeah. right. But I, I did underline this one. Um, this is um, when, the, when the crew was out doing the, the chasing in the little boats. The whale boats, yeah. The <laughs> okay. boats. Um, he could hear it, the hollow, wet roar of the whale's lungs pumping air mm. in and out of its 60-ton body. Just I like that yeah. hollow, wet mm. roar of yeah. the lungs. Yeah. You know, yeah. it goes like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he he doesn't embellish, he doesn't romanticize anything, but he does a very good job of yeah, describing. Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought so, too. Yeah. And then they have their first... Boat um, attack, and yeah, uh, not when they when they caught one of their first boats, and it went something like this. The harpoon did not kill the whale; it was simply the means by which a whaleboat crew attached itself to its prey. After letting the creature tire itself out by sounding to great depths or simply tearing along the water's surface, the men began to haul themselves inch by inch to within stabbing distance of the whale. By this point, the boat steerer and the mate had traded places, a miraculous feat in its own right on a craft as small and tender as a whale boat. Not only did these two men have to contend with the violent slapping of the boat through the waves, which could be so severe that nails started from the planks in the bow and stern, but they had to stay clear of the whale line, quivering like a piano wire down the center line of the boat, Eventually, however, the boat's steerer made it aft to the steering oar, and the mate, who was always given the honor of the kill, took up his position in the bow. If the whale was proving too spirited, the mate would hobble it by taking up a boat spade and hacking away at the tendons in the tail. Then he'd take up the 11 to 12 foot long killing lance, its petal-shaped blade designed for piercing a whale's vital organs. But finding the life of a giant swimming mammal encased in a thick layer of blubber was not easy. Sometimes the mate would be forced to stab it as many as 15 times, probing for a group of coiled arteries in the vicinity of the lungs with a violent churning motion that soon surrounded the whaleboat in a rushing river of bright red blood. When the lance finally found its mark, the whale would begin to choke on its own blood, its spout transformed into a 15 to 20 foot geyser of gore that prompted the mate to shout, Chimneys of fire! as the blood rained down on them. The men took up the oars and backed furiously away, then paused to watch as the whale went into what was known as its flurry, beating the water with its tail, snapping at the air with its jaws, even as it regurgitated large chunks of fish and squid. The creature began to swim in an ever-tightening circle, then just as roughly as the attack had begun, with the first thrust of the harpoon, it ended. The whale fell motionless and silent, a giant black corpse floating fin up in a slick of its own blood and vomit. Yeah, I cried a little bit. 
Yeah, because you're an animal yeah, person. I am. And I'm an animal. <laughs> but they were out there doing their job, and yeah. they did it. I mean, you you have to admire the bravery. They're going out in these small boats, seems chasing, crazy. These, yeah. seems insane. chasing these yeah. big crazy. animals. And like, yeah. who came up with this idea? Yeah, let's go that's out. Here's a little, let's get six guys How in a boat. Did, yeah. We'll carry a big, like a broom handle with a stick on it. There was a spear on the end of it, and we'll let's throw it into the whale as it's going by. I mean, it just seems and then hope crazy. it doesn't take us under. Yeah. yeah, as it's you know pissed off and running away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just insane. How did how did anybody think of that? I like that term they use. They would spear the whale and then it would drag them along. Remember what they called it? No, oh. skimming the no. Nantucket sleigh ride. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And he did a great job of incorporating local language mm-hmm. and vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they get that first one killed, and then it describes that whole processing with the blubber and how they yeah. did that on the ship. You know, getting that all done was amazing. Right. Cutting it up into, like, what, one foot by one foot or even smaller yeah. sections. Yeah, the because whole, it's so heavy. Blubber. Yeah. Blubber. They blub, talk. Blub, 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 blub. <laughs> <laughs> blubber. Stop, stop your blubbering. So then it gets into the where they land on the island. And yeah. And he lights the fire. The one mischievous guy, like, burns the island. Oh, right. Oh, they land. That was on one of the Galapagos yeah. Islands or something? Somewhere there. Islands. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I now I didn't need that part part of you know, the book. You know, I think you're right. I don't think that did move anything along. Yeah, they had a little mm-hmm. uh, little episode where one of the crew was being mischievous and now, the, practically burned the island. Was down. he was he punished for his crime? I don't remember if he. Um, I don't think so. I think I remember he was he, he one confessed, of the survivors. He confessed to it. Oh yeah, he may have. He oh, may it have was been later. Eaten. Maybe later he got on. eaten later. He got eaten. <laughs> well, <laughs> Could have been his punishment. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your comeuppance. I'll teach, you, teach you to play practical yeah, jokes on us. That's right. We're going to eat you someday. You better <laughs> stop messing around. Yeah. Yeah. And then came the attack. Then yeah. came the attack, which was uh, pretty odd, pretty unusual. Unusual, not, yeah. Not something that normally happened to whaling ships, but a big whale turned on them. And Well, there was a real good explanation in the book of, or I mean... The one of the theories, the banging. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, you know the banging. Uh, was it was it actually Owen Chase the, or yeah, I think somebody so. else that was on the boat? I think I know Owen. he was the guy in the movie, but where he was trying to fix one of the whale boats. Yes. And the banging, the continuous banging, was very similar to the sound the whales make to communicate with each other. Actually, the male whales challenge the whales to challenge each other. Right. Yeah. So it's possible that this whale thought it was another whale that was coming in on his mating ground or something talk about bad luck or you know of oh, all I know. the yeah. things yeah well and they were amazed this had not really happened before right right yeah historically right this kind of a thing to happen and so it, it makes the first collision with the boat right and then shaking off its woozy lethargy the whale veered off to leeward swimming approximately 600 yards away there it began snapping its jaws and thrashing the water with its tail. As if distracted, Chase wrote, with rage and fury. The whale then swam to windward, crossing the Essex bow at a high rate of speed. Several hundred yards ahead of the ship, the whale stopped and turned in the Essex direction. Fearful that the ship might be taking on water, Chase had by this point ordered the men to rig the pumps. While my attention was thus engaged, the first mate remembered... 
I was aroused with the cry of a man at the hatchway. Here he is. He is making for us again. Chase turned and saw a vision of fury and vengeance that would haunt him in the long days ahead. With its huge scarred head halfway out of the water and its tail beating the ocean to a whitewater wake more than 40 feet across, the whale approached the ship at twice its original speed, at least six knots. Chase, hoping to cross the line of his approach before he could get up to us and thus avoid what I knew, if he should strike us again, would prove our inevitable destruction cried out to Nickerson, Hard up! But it was too late for a change of course. With a tremendous cracking and splintering of oak, the whale struck the ship just beneath the anchor secured at the cathead on the port bow. This time, the men were prepared for the hit. Still, the force of the collision caused the whalemen's heads to jounce on their muscled necks as the ship lurched to a halt on the slab-like forehead of the whale. The creature's tail continued to work up and down, pushing the 238-ton ship backward until, as it had happened after the knockdown in the Gulf Stream, water surged up over the transom. That whale must have had a headache, but uh, <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, pushing the, th- the ship. Pushing the ship backwards. And, and then it, there's water coming in the back windows. Yeah. And it starts filling up. Wait, and they don't have windows. They have windows in the back. Yeah, they're windows. Below the water line? No, they're above the water line, but as he was he was pushing it back so hard. Didn't it crack the timbers too? Well, it must have too. Or Yeah, I think so. He stove in the hull. Stove stove in the oh, hull. Stove. We, this, that's stove. What, that's what we used to call it when I was in the Navy. It, yeah, stove in the hull. <laughs> we I, we learned I knew I learned a new verb. Stove. <laughs> stove. To yeah. stove. To stove. I stove, you stove, to he stove. stove. Yeah. Did you have you stoved anything lately? <laughs> So then the guy's got to abandon ship, right? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I missed the joke. So yeah, they had to abandon ship, and someone was smart enough to grab the navigational gear and stuff, right? Yeah, the, and the sextant. <laughs> and the sextant. Gotta have that. You got 20 guys well, in boats. All, it's all about bring sperm the, oil. Bring the, bring the sextant. <laughs> Which I also found out why it's called a sperm oil, and it is kind of what you're thinking, people. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. It is yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah, you're because thinking, the yeah. oil that they get out of the sperm whale... Looks looks kind of okay. mysteriously the out like of the room sperm. now. Yeah, because the children haven't already left board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they brought the sextant, and they brought. Uh, they didn't have a chronometer though that they could bring, so they really there was there would be no way for them to figure out their longitude without a chronometer. If you don't know yes. the time of day, you can't figure out your longitude. Okay, but you can know your latitude by the. Lunar observations or no? How do um, they do the? You can do it by. Um, I'm glad you asked that, Mike. <laughs> I'm really glad. Sorry. I'm just glad. <laughs> and we'll just skip that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's skip that part. I'll, th- I'll think of an answer in a minute. This isn't a science podcast. Well, is it? really, no. <laughs> Some of the stuff they got. Out it's of not the even a history podcast. <laughs> Barely is a history podcast. <laughs> They got out of the boat tools and equipment, two pounds of boat nails, a musket, two pistols, a small canister of powder, several Galapagos tortoises. Yeah. Swam to the whale boats from the wreck, as did two skinny hogs. I forgot the hogs. Oh, the hogs, yeah. Then it began to blow, and it also got out 600 pounds of hardtack and some fresh water. Wow. Wow. I guess you got to be glad for what you can get. Boy, no kidding. 
The no, turtles were swimming to the whale boats? Well, they were swimming somewhere. Yeah, to the mm. whale boats from the wrecks. I don't wow. know. Maybe it was coincidence. They didn't know what was coming, did they? No, they didn't. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're free. Let's yeah, get in free. those whale boats. <laughs> I think the crew had more suspicions than the, the tortoises. <laughs> Just stay out of the sex tents. <laughs> Those turtles can start looking pretty good after being away for a long time. Well, better than a skinny hog. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then it gets into their deciding what to do. Okay, so there you go. That's are. the key point. Right? And, yeah. And how did that decision go again? I... Well, the captain... Well, the captain who, I don't know, was mentally, emotionally, intellectually weaker than... The crew? I mean, he, he, he just didn't exert his... His influence enough. He he was will he was going to do the right thing. It turned out, and got talked out of it. Well, he was going to. I, I guess uh, the author goes to some uh, extent to explain that people in those days were very suspicious of what was going on in the islands in the Pacific, and they were affr- they were more afraid of what oh, they didn't know right. than what they did know. And what yeah. they didn't know is if there would be cannibalism and all kinds yeah. of yeah. Um, but I think topless, there were ladies. vicious, <laughs> topless ladies, stuff they didn't want to see because they're Quakers. <laughs> but cannibalism, actually, they were fearful of that a lot. They were, yeah. But it turned out that that was an unfounded fear because those people Correct. had stopped being cannibals. Yeah, like a few years. I don't know, a few years before or something. Well, I forget what the timing. was. That's went. right. Yeah, they had they, they resorted really to vegetarianism, right? Yeah, they were vegans. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, and also, weren't there, I mean, there, that was only one of the islands, or I didn't quite understand. It seemed like there was safe islands that they could have at yeah. least. There were a number of safe islands, including the Hawaiian Islands, which they were well, that, a thousand yeah. miles from, but still. Did they know? They were 3,000 miles from, from South America. I don't know if they, yeah. they were way the heck out there, though. Yeah. But the key point there is they were the wrong way with the prevailing winds. They picked the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, could have right. made it to these Marquesas. Uh, Islands, yes, uh, where they feared the cannibals, but they could have made it to any of those islands in probably a couple weeks. French Polynesia's yeah. out there. The yep. winds were going that way, but instead they decided to go against the winds, which was the the key mistake. Yeah, and they just so they decided to go south, and yeah. then pick up the westerlies mm-hmm. so they could get to the coast of South America, yeah. which yeah. which as it turns out was a very long way around. Yeah, and the the map has the Tropic of Capricorn on it. I, I bet they could have made it to that. And captured some Capricorns and ate them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. delicious, delicious, a nice Capricorn salad. <laughs> Maybe some chicken a la Capricorn. Just add add chicken. So then it becomes a struggle of living in the in the ocean. Right? Yeah, they got the ways of navigating, which is not the best. Right, it was saying right. and dead reckoning. I learned what a knot. Believe it or not, I didn't know why the term knots was used at the ocean. Because they was tied it? the knots into the oh, right. rope oh, and then oh, yeah, yeah. would measure yeah. the speed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I learned that, too. I learned what dead reckoning was. What was it again? Well, that's the... Not navigating without without a chronometer. Yeah. So it kind of using... You, they'd throw the rope out and try to figure out as it oh, as they right. went by it how fast they were going. and Yeah. Oh, and then calculate it that way. And calculate yeah. it that way, yeah. And they had a compass, I think, too. So yeah. they know which direction they were going, at least. But, I mean, you know, three boats with 20? 20. They had 20 live guys? Pollard was 
in charge of one boat. Captain Pollard. Old Chase, the first yeah. mate, was in charge of the second, and then Matthew Joy. Matthew Joy in charge of the third. But only Chase and Pollard had any navigation equipment. Right. Yeah, and he pointed out how Captain Bly had survived with um, using the dead reckoning. He was one of the few hmm. maritime catastrophes yeah. to survive. It was the ca- uh, bounty, right? Mm-hmm. It was the strawberries, the crew. They wanted the strawberries, right? Isn't that the one I'm thinking No, of? I think that's the Kane Mutiny. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh it was it, the raspberries. <laughs> the crew wanted the raspberries on the bounty. Wasn't, wasn't it? That, was, it the, was it the bounty with the strawberries, or was that <laughs> no, the Kane Mutiny? It was the Kane Mutiny. Oh, it was. Okay. Oh. Sorry, I guess you guys don't appreciate my humor. Well, I haven't seen the Kane Mutiny in... Oh, years. I, don't, I may have never seen it. And that's, that's a, a pretty good book. But you knew that quote. Herman Wolpe. And so they're facing... So off they went, and man, that yeah. a long time. They didn't... Re- you know, there, some things they didn't talk about, though, in all these days and days and days in these boats is the boredom. That oh my they gosh. must well, have suffered. Horrible, yeah. Did yeah, they you're talk right. about the, the one guy made knotted the rope mm. from fragments of oh, material. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that was eventually that, in can, a museum. You can still see that. You can today. still see that today. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't think a piece of rope would be that interesting. <laughs> well, no. Well, we should you drive there just to look at that. Couldn't he have done something a little more nicer than a rope? Yeah. So. So, something. So they ate all the tortoises that are surviving. What about rainwater? Was there not a lot of rain? There was, I don't remember that happening. I think they they used the rainwater when they could, right? Well, the problem with the rainwater, it, they would they would try to catch it with pieces of sail cloth. Mm, yeah. But the sail cloth was so uh, saturated with salt that it would end oh, up being very be salty, salty water, and they, right. so that they couldn't use it. And you cannot use that. It really makes you crazy, right? Yeah, it makes you sick. It gives you cramps and makes you thirsty. Makes you thirstier. More than anything. Even, yeah. even worse. Yeah. But they didn't get to make sails, right? Yeah, they salvaged sails and, I guess, mast. I mean, the whaling boats didn't have a, a mast to begin right. with, they, right? Yeah, they weren't sailing boats, so they had to, they had to construct that. All that. Mm-hmm. They um, encountered the island? Yes, so. they did find an island that was not was somewhat helpful, but not tremendously they so. they couldn't find fresh water until they found that spring yep. under the tide line, right? Yep. Like yeah. The tide yep. would go out, and then they found they could drink water, and the group stayed there. Three yeah, guys stayed. Three guys stayed. Oh, okay, and the rest took off again. Yeah. Yeah. And by this point, they're talking about a lot about dehydration. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what the ration was, but it wasn't much of well, fresh water. Half no, a cup? Or? Half a cup a day and, uh, you know, <sighs> just three crazy. ounces of hardtack. And I was going to serve hardtack tonight, but well, yeah, it, yeah, all, yeah. it all yeah, got uh, hungry, The yeah. turtles ate it. Just grab some toilet paper, <laughs> wad it up. That's probably very similar. <laughs> well... I'd like to go ahead and read the near death by dehydration. Okay. So our listeners can get an idea of the horrors they could encounter in this book. So the tongue hardens into what McGee describes. Now, this is McGee was like a guy who found this dehydrated person out in like the the deadland or the Mm. American West. Yeah. That's who McGee was. He found the guy. Okay. He wrote down extensively the condition of the of the um, dehydration. Tongue becomes a senseless weight, swinging in the still soft root and striking foreignly against the teeth. Speech becomes impossible, though you can moan. Next is the blood sweats phase involving progressive mummification of the initially living body. The tongue swells, so it squeezes past the jaws, the eyelids crack, 
Eyeballs begin to weep. Tears of blood. Throat is so swollen. Breathing is difficult. Wow. Can create an incongruous yet terrifying sensation of drowning. Finally, as the sun draws the moisture from the body, there's the living death state into which Pablo Valencia had entered when McGee discovered him on a desert trail crawling on his hands and knees. Lips disappeared as if amputated, Ooh. leaving low edges of blackened tissue. The teeth and gums projected like those of a skinned animal, and the flesh was black and dry as a hank of jerky. The nose was withered and shrunken to half its length. The nostril lining showing the black is, oh, I can't go on. I know, holy cow. Yeah. And he's and, alive. Yeah. And I like this book. Wow, yeah. <laughs> what kind of person would like a book? Right. Wow. Well, that was probably the worst of it, wasn't it? The horror. It? Well, the oh, horror. no, we haven't got to the cannibalism yet. Oh, yeah, we the cannibalism. The good part's still coming. So they set off from that island. Of which there's maps and some illustrations yeah. and some, a lot of nice little some pictures, pictures here. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happened? So well, they're still, they're, they resume their uh, quest to get to the western edge of South America. But as they're reaching 70 days or so. Somebody died. Matthew Joy, I think, was first, right? The second mate. That he could be. Sick. He was sick. Yeah, he was sick. Oh, right. He yeah. was yeah. getting yeah, really delirious yeah. early. Yeah. And but then they but they buried him at sea, didn't they? They or, buried two guys at sea. Okay. And I kept thinking, no, no, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't throw that overboard. <laughs> because they, uh, you know you kind of know what's even. I mean, I didn't really know, what, but you kind of knew what was happening, what was what was coming. Well, you, yeah. you read the pre- the preface with the the bones and everything, so right. you, yeah. you knew what was yeah. coming. And it was like, oh man, you cannot afford to throw him overseas. And, and yeah. it turned out that they couldn't because then they ended up, well, later on, right. It wasn't voluntary. No, but the the first one, uh, the first one to go, the first one to be served, the first one to die was one of the African Americans that died. One of the black yes, guys died. Yeah, he talked about that logically. And, well, there was actually two that got thrown overboard. I thought. I think there was two. All the African Americans oh, died. Chase, Chase threw the first one from his crew, his boat. He threw that one overboard too. Yeah, they. Yeah. And I think he was—he might have been an African American guy, the first one there. But then, yeah, the African—yeah, the African American guy started started dying first. And so and he I did mean, explain that it's something to do with their well, he he came up with style um, of living at less, more in poverty, like to, to begin yeah. with. Well, they well, didn't last be, as long because they hadn't. I, I'm I still think this is Mike. Mike and I talked about it a little bit, but Mike wasn't yeah. sure that I was correct about it. Because the African Americans and everybody who was, who was, before the mast in front of the mast, didn't yeah, eat didn't, as well as the well. officers, and so they were oh, the, right. some of the yeah, first yeah. to go. He did mention that. Too. Yeah, they yeah. were some yeah. of the first to go. But the the author had some other yes physiological explanations yes, and he things. Did. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which um, and he researched pretty well. So yeah. I, I have a lot of faith that that would have some credence. But and I also am, think it could be. Well, I don't think. I mean. He, it seems like he was trying to defend the Nantucketers because he himself is a Nantucketer, oh, Nate, right? Maybe he was. And trying oh. to defend them and saying, no, nothing untoward happened here. They just happened to be the first to go. <laughs> yes, you are correct. I got that feeling. I don't know yes. if I... Yes, yeah. you know, you're right. Because I, I, I read that again uh, I think he today. Was... And he kind of said there was nothing, there was nothing, no racist. indication that there was any sort of racist thing. Yeah. Or, or anything. It just yeah. so happened that these men died first. Right. And I, I trusted that. No, yeah. I, I, I yeah. believe it too, yeah. Because yeah. there were at least two accounts, right? Che, uh, yes. You know, so. Yeah. 
maybe even a third account from from, from somebody. Yes. And in those times, it wasn't always too like you'd actually hide that fact because that's that true was too. Accepted right. policy, right? And right. hierarchy of the time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe, but but right. So then, um, we're up to the drawing of lots. No, no. Well, they no, they ate people before they ate that. People before okay, that. That, yeah, that, okay. Yeah. As right. people started dying, they would, yeah, they would. So the first they finally made the decision, which sustains them for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then but we then have, the boats get separated. Oh, right. Yes, their goal is to stay together. But Pollard's boat has the it draws the lots. And then there was the guy that they cut up and put in the pot. Remember him and cooked him. Are you joking? No. They cut him up, put him. Remember, his name was Stu. <laughs> remember him? Because they couldn't cook. Wait, did they ever yeah. cook anything? I Actually, no. I think they ate fire everybody on a raw. Boat might not be a good idea. Yeah. Oh no, they had fire though. They cooked, they did uh, somewhere. Yeah, they cooked some things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if they cooked the the their crewmates, but no, I think they ate them raw. just raw. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that was well, a didn't, joke, didn't but, uh, yeah. Chase, didn't they like lay it out, lay out the yeah, harvest to dry? To dry? Oh, gosh, it's it's like okay. so, all right, all right. It's right, just right. horrible. So crazy. And and the author goes to uh, he mentions quite a few other incidents where cannibalism occurred, yeah, which that made was, me that want to really read about all those things. Well, that, that was the one the the one of the features of the way this guy wrote the book was that when they draw they draw the lots and and then. The, like a few paragraphs later, he talks about this has happened before. Here's, yeah. here's how it's done. It's an accepted when you're lost at sea and you're starving. That's what you, you do. You draw lots. And very, very matter of factly, which was almost yeah. creepier. You know that it was. Yeah. You, I mean, it's like they knew going in that, hey, this is the chance we're taking when we go on these three-year voyages. Yeah. Yeah. This might happen to us. You know. Yeah, and then they drew to find out who would eliminate the person. Right. Who would fire the, right. the, the gun? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so then near the end of the book, he right, um, they, you know, and one of the guys, one of the Quakers, before he died, he said he coined this phrase, which they used joke? later. No, nothing is better for thee than me. <laughs> is that a Quaker Oats slogan? And then and then shot himself. Yeah, and they put it on the oat box. Oh, is it really on the oat box? Yeah. <laughs> yeah at least I anticipated that joke coming. So, <laughs> I don't think I can be a part of the show any longer. Yeah, <laughs> it's so disrespectful. Yeah, come on. Um, so then they basically get found, right? There's they get two, rescued. Two ships left. Two of them. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> and I'm sorry. What happened to the third boat? The third one got found too. Oh, Only it did. It was, okay. They're all just skeletons. Oh, they were yeah, dead. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. They right. were washed up on one of those islands that they were uh, originally okay. going to. Yeah, I had forgotten the, about that. So, and the, uh, there was the four skeletons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then he does them coming home, the homecoming, the, you know, kind of awkward. It seemed like the kind of, <laughs> you know. Uh, hey, where's Johnny? Ah, uh, he was good. They were. <laughs> he was a good boy. He was really good. <laughs> they were. They were held up in South America somewhere for a little while, right? Well, recovering, yes. recovering, recovering. And they got back to Nantucket, and um, then he does the whole epilogue with you know their their lives afterward, like Pollard. Yeah. And it was accepted. I mean, they went back, and it was known that they had practiced cannibalism in order to survive. And they made it sound like 
not that it wasn't a big deal, but it wasn't, uh, they weren't taken to court. There were no, no charges pressed or anything like that. And it was no. just like, this is what happens. This is what and, happens. Yeah, that's what that was what interesting to me. Yeah. And the survivors went on and went back to sea and did all kinds of things and lived their lives. And well, right. Pollard, Pollard had to go because that Owen Coffin, the guy that lost the the, sh- the draw, the, the draw, short, got the short, he was killed. I forget. I don't know if it was Pollard or not, but that pulled the trigger. But anyway, Pollard had to go back because that was his relative, his cousin, his cousin, cousin or something. Yeah, so he had to right. go back and talk to his. His aunt, the guy's mother, and yeah. here's what we did. And, well, obviously she probably never forgave him, and you can understand that. Yeah, yeah. And then and it followed A lot of lives. tension around the Thanksgiving well, table t- probably <laughs> after that. <laughs> and then pass the, pass the, the meat. Uh, yeah, would you pass the pumpkin pie? Get it yourself. <laughs> wow, he's probably thinking, ooh, she's still mad. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pollard becomes the lamplighter. Well, because he, he yeah. trashed another ship then. He did. Oh, it yeah. was a no- second one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He went out on a whaling mission and it succeeded. <laughs> then there's the third one. He lost that ship. And yeah. And that was it. He that was, was it. The no one's going to get Village lamplighter. And they kind of said he was just kind of a cool guy going around yeah. and talking to the people. Yeah, happy. Well, not I thought happy, it was interesting but, uh, that, like you said, when they first came back, they didn't think anything of the, I mean, you know, they didn't blame them for being can doing what they had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. But then after he lost the second ship, he was so hated <laughs> he was, <laughs> that they thought that he rigged the drawing of the lots and oh, then they started and, to say things. and you know killed his nephew instead of himself. Yeah. You know, so it, all, the whole thing turns when you're not successful. Yeah, or when you're not lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good observation, Mike. Yeah. Napoleon always wanted to know if uh, an upcoming general, you know, a new guy that was having success in the field. But is he? Napoleon always say, "Is he lucky?" Yeah. So, oh yeah. You have to be lucky. Well, some of these guys were lucky. Certainly, the five that survived, yep. I would say, had a certain amount of luck. But everybody well, eight, else, eight not survived. so much. Eight survived. Oh, it was eight. Oh, right, because the three they, on the, the island three got on the picked island. up a few months later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all in all. Excellent book. Uh, amazing, Excellent fantastic, book. Yeah. and even, uh, you know, the gruesomeness, I didn't think it was at all overwhelmingly gruesome. And, no. Uh, very well done, very um, straightforward and honest and well-researched and fascinating in oh so many ways. Yes. Recommended highly, and he's written some other books, The Mayflower and Bunker Hill, probably others, so I may have to put those on my list. They may be making a movie out of the Bunker Hill. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Thought I saw that somewhere. Yeah. Ron Howard movie? Mm, don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, we're going to talk about next the movie in the next show. We'll be the film. Yeah. In the Heart of the Sea. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks read, a lot. Read this book. Bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye. Spine. And Sprocket. Sprocket.